Welcome back, everyone, to the latest mainline episode of The Back Peg. Uh, we hope you're enjoying our Asia Cup and AFCON content, but we're here to talk about the wide and wonderful world of football. Laz, you're alongside me, as always. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you once more. Welcome, everyone, to the pod once more. And, Laz, I don't know about you, it's been such a fun week looking at international football. There's uh, a whole world of club football that I've not really paid attention on, but plenty of stories. It's very true, Nathan. In fact, it's probably been the highlight of the week, to be fair. <laughs> it's... Um... Yeah, yeah, it has been the highlight of uh, of my week. As far as that's concerned, it's been uh, it's been a, a really um, really interesting time in the world of football. That's for sure. But uh, I've got a shout out to get right off the bat. Actually, Nathan, what episode is this of the Mainline series? Uh, if you can call it that, are we up to like forty eight? Oh, it's in that sort of it's ballpark. In that sort of ballpark. Look. You know, we've well and truly cracked the hundred episodes all up over the back peg. Oh, hundred percent! Like this, we started doing this count yeah. after the men's world cup. Correct, correct. Counting those uh, daily so, Doha's, destination yes. Doha's, the women's world cup so, shows, so and now the Afcon Asia Cup stuff. So uh, yes, so we, we've racked up a, se- a center of recordings. So we should mention that. And thanks to everyone that has uh, stuck with us and 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 listened to us and listen to our ramblings and the occasional rants and interviews <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad someone has. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Whoever you are, thank you. <laughs> but and it's, it's been... not just me having Spotify on loop. When that's I go right. to bed. No, that's right. It's been fun, though. It has been fun. Uh, and we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've had presenting it. Yeah, we just like talking football, though. Mm, correct, correct. Now, shout out straight off the top. I did promise someone a shout out, and it's uh, my old mate Trent Sweeney, um, who's uh, one from the Goalkeepers Union, mm-hmm. uh, and he is goalkeeper coach at Hawkesbury in the MPL here in Sydney. And I'm outing him, and I'm giving him a shout out because one, I promised that I would give him a shout out after a post he put on Facebook. So this is a uh, long overdue. But given that we were in the midst of preparing our AFC previews and AFCON previews, um, I was pulled up on this. I did owe him a shout-out. Here it is, Trent Sweeney, and this goes back to the 6th of January, which he posted on Facebook, and this, at the time, absolutely made me laugh, and I did a reply to say that I would give him a shout-out with this. So I don't know if you recall who the Wanderers, Western City Wanderers, were playing on the 6th of January. So this is the week before the Unite round, and... I'll check it now, actually. I believe it was Central Coast Mariners, actually, off the top of my head. Stand to be corrected. But this is Trent's post. Every Wanderers player should be charged with fraud that night for impersonating a professional footballer. Worst <laughs> performance from a Wanderers team that he had seen. Oof. Yes. <laughs> but to be fair, the Wanderers have been have made up for it since then. Yeah, in they part. Se- in part. Well, look, they're in the top six. They seem to be doing okay. I still think that they're actually going to take it out. But I um, mean, the less said about that match against Perth on the weekend, the better. That was probably the slip up since the sixth of January, I'd say. I wonder if uh, <laughs> there's some different thoughts or the same thoughts maybe amplified after Saturday night. Yeah, it wasn't good, but Perth, you know, came to town, got the result, and they deserved it. Um, should we stick with the A League this week? No, Do- actually, just with. Uh, 
your goalkeeper coach at Hawkesbury? Mm-hmm. Did you ask him about the uh, the technique of the Mozambique goalkeeper in the game against uh, Cape Verde? I, t- <laughs> I don't know. No, I didn't. I haven't. And uh, we might actually get him on one day. He would be. He, he he's a very affable guy, and um, you know, larger than life character. So it would be good to have him on. Yeah, so, beautiful. So Trent, I will get you on <laughs> at some point. Probably talk some MPL as well. You know, so yeah, um, maybe around season kickoff. Yeah, he's been around. Uh, he's been around the traps, as they say. So yes, so we'll get him on. So that's my dues that have been paid with regards to giving Trent Sweeney a shout out. Because that post on Facebook did uh, did warrant it. Now, where did you want to go? Serious stuff well, or light stuff? I think there's a whole host of Australian football news that uh, has been bubbling away this month, and most of it is serious. So, Laz, I'm yeah. going to leave it to you. Do you want to leave it to the back end of the pod, or do you want to get the serious stuff out of the way first? Let's get the heavy stuff out of the way and then try and lighten it up as we go. Cool, because we don't want to end on a low note. No. Definitely not. Because uh, uh, there's uh, the alley's been a bit of a minor key yes. for the month of January, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Nathan, but um, I did put a post on uh, LinkedIn. My thoughts are with those people that did lose their job um, from the A-Leagues or from the APL and keep up as well. So um, we wish you, I don't, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of the pod. I'm sure I speak on behalf of yourself, you know, and we wish you guys all the best uh, in your future endeavors. And hopefully, um, you know, you're not too long without a job because that was, you know, on the surface appeared to be quite brutal straight after the Unite round that half the workforce was uh, let go. Yeah, very much so. And should mention, we had Nick Devano on the pod. Correct. Uh, a little while back and, He's one that's been caught up in these yep. layoffs. And it's a really sad day for football in Australia, I find it. Mm. That, look, you can talk maybe about the finances of Keep Up, but that's for another day. Yep. At the very core of this story is a bunch of football fans who want to work in the industry, who now have to look elsewhere in a very shrinking market when it comes to professional football journalists or content creators in Australia. Yep. There's less avenues than ever before. Mm-hmm. When you look on the journalist side, there's only a handful of full-time dedicated Australian yeah. football journalists outside of the broadcast. There's not too many dedicated football creators outside of YouTube and podcasts and that sort of thing. Yeah. So for people who want to pursue a career in the industry, whether it be the sports industry or specifically football, mm. it's never a good thing to see a significant amount of layoffs. So it's really concerning and my heart goes out to everyone who's been caught up in it and to lose that many people is... Very difficult at a time where, of course, there's not a political show or anything, but cost of living is always a, mm-hmm. a problem, and it's really difficult to be looking for work. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, but there's been plenty of good people who have been let go, and yeah, they they're been. talented people, and I'm sure they'll be able to find jobs elsewhere, hopefully yeah. in football, but yeah. even outside of football. just Yeah, indeed. And Nick being one of them. Uh, mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thoughts with everyone with regards to that, and... Um, yeah, look, feel free to check out a post I, I did on uh, LinkedIn. I shared uh, Reuben Williams' uh, post from SportsGrad, who, uh, is a, which is a great sporting network. So, yeah. But where, oh, where is the A-League placed right now? Because everybody was trumpeting the fact that we had Silver Lake, you know, investing in the game, you know, 
um, we had this private equity mob that um, was investing in the A League. Danny Townsend was, you know, crowing about it. The money was spent well on an online strategy. There's no doubt about that. Nobody can deny that. But the clubs had been pressing for divorcing themselves away from FA. That's happened. Yes, COVID played a significant part in that. The fact is, is that right now we've got we've got Perth in receivership, Newcastle not finding Newcastle not being sold as yet. You've also got the Triple Seven Group and Bonza and that whole issue. And if you don't know what is involved in that, well, maybe um, do some research on it because it's a bit murky to say the least. With Planes being, you know, allegedly purchased um, and subject to all kinds of things. Now, this whole situation is just getting murkier and murkier. We've got Auckland, which are coming in, which have, you know, got the Golden Knights, Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, owner, um, and that whole Golden Knights entertainment, like that whole group owning them, which is great. You've got Canberra, which seems to be moving ahead rapidly, especially over the last couple of weeks right, with news around that. But where are we? We had the Unite round, which I think, get like I said, got a pass mark just, a 5.3 out of 10, right? Where are we? Where is the A-League? Where are the, Where is the APL with regards to this? Stephen Conroy's become chairman of it in, in recent times. I think he needs to come out and actually have a communicate with the football world here in Australia and say, listen, this is where we're going as a game. There hasn't been much coming from APL. No, there hasn't. And... There's been a lot of people in the press come out and really throw the gauntlet down of the APL to come out and mm-hmm. say something. The likes of Robbie Slater and Mark Bosnich, you can agree with their opinions or not. Sure. The point is that they are coming from a place where it's hard to disagree with them and there isn't really a response. I'm not saying the APL should go out and respond to every news article about them, but no, that's right. when it is significant developments in the game, as we've seen this current month, the start of the year... Mm to go through every point you've got there with Perth, with Newcastle. Canberra, it looks like they're getting over the line, finally. Yep. But that's been a very long negotiation. Mm. And with the APL sacking the significant amount of stuff that it has, you've got pretty much every club in the country losing money. You have a broadcaster that maybe is starting to make some inroads, but it's been a long time coming and it's been mm-hmm. a very slow start. And the broadcaster is up at the end of next season. Yes, so it is. if they don't renew, then... What does it look like then? The point is, for mine, it's easy to paint a very bleak picture for the A-League at the moment with all that. The optimist in me thinks that if you fast forward six months, there's always rumblings about a new party for Newcastle, a new party for Perth. Correct. And Canberra were on the verge of an, an announcement, reportedly. Maybe fast forward six months and everything's looking a little bit more rosy. Yeah. But I think now we're pretty much in the point where the game's going to go on a bit of a boom in the next... 12 to 18 months, or it's going to go in the complete opposite direction. And mm. look, Bill Foley's not an idiot. He's not going to invest $25 million in a league that's about to fold. Correct. But the flip side of all these canaries in the coal mine, so to speak, is that it's not looking good. It's easy to paint a negative picture because you don't have to work that hard to connect the dots that the league is really struggling. Open invitation to Stephen Conroy to come onto the back peg to actually answer these questions um, and discuss these issues because... You're right there, Nathan. It does seem pretty dire. But with the likes of the Las Vegas Golden Knights and and Bill Foley, obviously, who's behind that, them coming on board, having the Auckland franchise, Canberra coming in, 
you know, you've got um, the uh, Pellegra Group, which are looking at uh, who own Catania in Italy, with Bresciano, Marco Bresciano being part of that, and uh, Vince Grella, you know, and they you know, that backing potentially looking at Perth, right? It's not all necessarily negative. However, mm. there does need to be a bit of stock taken with, well, okay, well, where are we? We've had the Unite round. This is where the issues are currently. The broadcast still is a good one that you bring up because I think it's starting to to look good on that platform, on Paramount+. Plus. But you shouldn't have too long, but we're there now. That's right. (laughs) And, you know, the football on the park itself hasn't been that bad at all. In fact, it's been pretty entertaining. So we just need to do something about the user experience at the ground. You know, we need to make it enticing for people to want to go. And once they do go, how do we keep them going? Or... Enjoy the product, the experience of watching it on the Paramount Plus platform and potentially, you know, try and prize the Champions League away from Stan if you want to and use the CBS Sports Galazzo material, you know, and get that broadcast as part of what you're offering here to try and bolster the numbers because Robbie Slater, to his credit, I mean, you know, what did hurt Fox was losing the Premier League more so than the A-League. Oh, yeah, big time. With, with Fox Sports losing the Premier League, subsequently it affected the A-League, right? I wish Optusport could actually do the A-League because I think they would do a decent job of it as well, right? See, I think they would, and I think it would be in the A-League's best interest to just follow the Premier League. Wherever that goes, Correct. the A-League should go with it because, yes, you may get it to be a little bit of a, a second fiddle, but football supporters, football fans are always going to watch where the Premier League is. They're always going to have that subscription. It Correct. could be on Optus, it could be on Stan, it could be absolutely anywhere. Yeah. It will get plenty of subscribers and you get the flow on eyeballs onto the A-League, which is why it was working so well with Fox, because you had the Match Day Saturday guys correct, with Adam, Boz and Robbie. Hmm. It was brilliant. You start watching the A-League in the afternoon, you watch the Premier League pretty much all the way through 12 hours later, if not more. Correct. Now, correct. though, yeah. you have to have different subs and it really is tricky to get people to subscribe to every platform because you want the Premier League, you want the Champions League, if your heritage is on the continent, you're going to get being sport. Mm-hmm. But then ask for Paramount Plus as well. Yes, I know it's the cheapest out of a lot, but still, it's another payment. And I think, can 10 Paramount get the Champions League? Maybe. Can they get some more European leagues off being? Perhaps. Because you need more than just the FA Cup to go with the A-League. I agree with you. And look, I think I think we the game itself could afford to have two different streaming platforms cover the most important significant tournaments or championships or leagues, right? Because if it's either Optusport or Paramount Plus, then that makes it a little bit easier, right? Rather than being sports, which is no longer on KO or Fox Sports. So that needs to, you know, so you need to download that platform, Um, you know. So MLS is obviously on Apple TV, right? Yeah, that's another one, yeah. So there needs to be a a bit of thought, like, and I'll give credit to the A-Leagues here with regards to Keep Up, where they were trying to do that, right? And they kind of adopted an American approach to it because CBS Sports Galazzo does – so CBS, for those that don't know, CBS Sports is obviously the, for want of a better term, free-to-air broadcaster of uh, Paramount uh, in the States. So 
Paramount owns CBS. There's the affiliation there. CBS have bought its network 10 here. That's why they've been able to um, to launch the Paramount Plus service here. So looking at the game, though, I think there needs to be a bit of thought into how do we best promote the sport itself and how can the A-League, and in particular the national team, be best served with that, right? Fox don't want it. So News Limited quite clearly don't want football. They don't want no, to go. No, I don't think the A-Leagues want Fox either. No, and, and they don't want to I go anywhere too many- near it. Yeah, I think too many bridges were burnt at the end of the at the end of the deal. Yeah, and the sort of things we saw on the coverage of Fox Sports makes pretty much nobody in the football community go back. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, um, and I think they were on a hiding to nothing once they realised that the Premier League was the big carrot. And well, okay, COVID was a perfect excuse. Let's renegotiate and just get out. So they quite clearly didn't want the game. That's fine. Optusport do, and the advantage that Optusport has is obviously. They've got the two most viewed leagues in the world. They also have Japan, the J League and the K League, right? They have multiple channels, I mean, where you can view games live. So the platform is already there, right? Now, obviously, there would be significant investment required to broadcast the A League because obviously it's our local league and they would need to put some infrastructure behind that. But that aside, I think that the natural home of it would be Optusport. I see it as being a good fit. Alternatively, you know, let's go with um, CBS Paramount and see if they'll uh, invest in it and see if they are looking at um, trying to take on the Premier League as well. Whoever takes on the Premier League is going to, you know, is going to be successful, right? Oh, yeah. The Premier League is king. It will always yeah, be yeah. king. Correct. And to try and get out of the Premier League shadow, if you're the A-League, you don't want to be the supporting act. Well, it's a pipe dream. It will never happen. Correct. Correct. Never, ever. Not in a hundred years will it ever happen. Correct. So you've always got to be the supporting act. And yep. you go to, I mean, a bit of a, uh, a cursory name, but to, to quote the uh, older head of uh, FFA, David Gallup, you've got to fish where the fish are, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. That's right. That's right. Put, put the A-League where the football fans are, which is off the sport. Yep. Or... If Paramount well, Plus decides, and, yeah. yeah, you try and muscle in and say, look, we'll take the Champions League away from, uh, you know, the European football away from Stan and then have the A-League, I think that's feasible as well. I think that can work, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. If yeah. Optus don't want the A-League and they're well within their rights to say, no, we're not interested. And because of the reasons you say, like infrastructure costs and some, there has been talks in the past about the APL bringing that all in-house and then covering all the expenses themselves and then just pumping out the broadcast feed like the Premier League do. That's been something that I imagine has been explored mm-hmm. in the past. Whether or not it's feasible is a different question. Mm. But if, for whatever reason, the A-League doesn't go to Optus, you have to combine it with something else. Yep, yep. Be it the Stand 9 stuff, be it the being Sports stuff, just something. Yeah, look, I, I would actually like to see Optus and have been somehow, like integrate be in Australia, basically, and have mm. all the, the football, the French football, all that kind of thing on that platform, right? Ideally. But yeah, I think more than two platforms is a bit of a struggle. I think more than two platforms is a bit of a struggle. There might be an idea of Netflix, like a Netflix type of thing for football, which would be fantastic. Well, yeah, but- the thing is Netflix are getting into sports rights too. Yes, they are. I saw, I saw this week that they've announced a, a 10-year deal for something that escapes me right at this point, mm. but this, the point is that they're getting into the sports market. Yeah, that's right. So 
in theory, it could become more fragmented in years to come. Mm. Yep. But a Netflix-style service for football with different leagues around the world and what have you, why not, you know, opt to support a world position to do that? So hopefully they can. Not that they're sponsors, not that any of these companies are sponsors <laughs> at all. Right. Yeah, no, um, we don't have to tell you that there's other streaming platforms available. Correct. <laughs> we're, we're all well aware. <laughs> correct, correct. But yes, so the question is, the question remains, where is the game? And what is the approach that the game takes as far as ensuring good quality content is available, is readily available for everyone to digest? And that's the big question for the APL. Mm-hmm. What is the plan for the game? Because at the moment it looks like it is just get through this rocky period and then we'll go from there. That doesn't, it. it's very hard for me to say, I'm sure, but it doesn't look as though there's a significant long-term plan in place where in five years' time, we're looking at a really successful competition. I see that from Football Australia at the moment uh-huh. with their with their pyramid. Uh-huh. NSD comes in and then we've seen the projections for a third tier as well to split that off and everything involved with that. I see a bit of a long-term plan there for Football, football Australia. Where we sit right now, it appears as though the, there's too many fires at the moment at the APL, so to speak. Does Football Australia need to look at what best practice is in Asia at the moment or what we consider best practices in Asia at the moment and try and go down that path with a 100-year plan? Or are we miles nice. Or are we, <laughs> miles, are, are we just nowhere near trying to look at that? Not even close. <laughs> Not Isn't even that close. Look, that's sad. I, I reckon you can replace 100 with 10 and my reaction will be fairly similar. Wow. Maybe twenty. Okay. Okay. But I, I think that you know, I, I think that's sad. I think there is, is a plan. There are plans. There's no doubt about that. Let's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm know. not. I'm not saying that it is without a plan. But just the way that it looks at the moment. Yeah. And they're not really out putting forward their plans for the long term. We can see two more expansion teams talk that there'll be two more after that. But outside of that, I don't see a whole lot. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places. Sure. And the alignment between the professional leagues and the pyramid needs to be considered here as well as part of that plan. And then the impact on grassroots. Yeah. I think we do need to look to our Japanese friends a lot more and see what they're doing something, right? They are indeed. They are indeed. Shall we move on to the pitch, on the pitch? Let's do it. Let's do it. We've had our little uh, sports admin and state of the game chat. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to go down that rabbit hole, but there you go. Like too much yeah. anyway, but we did, which is good. Which is good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Should we go with the most recent result? Go on. In the A League men's three cool. one yesterday, Newcastle Jets against Brisbane. Brisbane look sad at the moment. The sad state of affairs in Brisbane, even though with the new coach, it just doesn't look good. Yeah, and there are mediating factors with the red card and yeah, sure. Maybe they'll feel like they've been hard done by with a, a couple of things that could have been a breakout the other way, particularly with Willie Davila's yep. incident against the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I think as well there was a, a, a flashpoint in the first half against Newcastle where sure. should there have been a, a red card maybe. But for mine with, with Brisbane, on the pitch stuff, I'm happy to just kick that can down the road a bit, give Ben Khan time to yep. have a real effect. He's not gonna, think... It's not going to be wild changes after a yeah, month. Sure. Not mm. even been a month yet. No. And I think Brisbane, are they going to make the six? No, they're no, not. No, Will they be better next season? Absolutely. I think they've picked the right coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got no qualms over the sure. appointment at all. But, yes, you're right. I think this season's a write-off now. Since Ross Aloisi um, decided to, to part ways, that's, yeah, Brisbane's just got to go right back to the, 
back to the drawing board with regards to the, to the team itself. Um, performance of the weekend, Nathan. I'm going to say Sydney FC, even though like Newcastle did, you know, uh, bounce back, and it was good to see Newcastle bounce back last night. Um, we were recording on a Wednesday night here, but Sydney FC coming up four nil. I did not see that happening. No, but is it their first clean sheet of the season? Yes, I think it is. <laughs> Which is crazy to think. Mm. But we're sitting here in January, at the end of January. But yeah, Sydney look good. Is it too early to say they're back? Yes, it Agreed. is just one game. But look, maybe there is are some green shoots there for uh, Uffy to uh, get the team in uh, a working order because they haven't been for for large parts of the season. And like, they're a good shout from performance of the round. I think as well we can uh, throw Perth in that bracket. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. Particularly with the off-field stuff in the past week, which we didn't really mention that uh, they've been forced to accept a loan deal for uh, Salim Khalifi to go to Melbourne Victory mm. by the APL. They had no say in the deal whatsoever. And Oli Bazanik was forced to be let go to be able to put out that performance at Parramatta. Not the win. The win is great, but it's more than the win. It is yeah, the sure. resilience. It is the yeah. the us against them. It is backs against the it wall. Is. Yeah, all the all those against all odds. Yeah, against yeah. all odds. All yeah. of those, they're all applicable here for Perth. And look, are they, again, are they going to trouble the six? No, but it's good to see that there is some real fight in that squad. And mm. Kolakowski, what a goal! Mm. Yeah, true. Yep, very true. Very true indeed. Wellington's still on top. I don't think the the wheels have fallen off yet with Wellington. I think obviously they'll finish in the sixth, given the season that they have had. Uh, I think that they will finish third, though, by the end of this season. I don't think they'll win the Premier's Plate. No, I don't think they'll win the Premier's Plate. It's hard to go past the Vuck at the moment. Yep. Especially when they get Bruno back. Correct. To be honest, for a competitor for the victory, I'm looking at the Mariners. They're starting to um, to hit their stride, aren't they? I don't think they've started. No, but they're just starting to hit their stride. I think they're well on their way. Um, I think by the end of the season that they will be the team that nobody wants to play in the finals. Correct. I think they'll finish second, the Mariners. Well, that's a big call. They could. I don't know. I've just got a feeling about the Wanderers this season. I really do. I know they're a bit inconsistent. They're a bit patchy at times. They have a bad performance in them. But, geez, when they play well, they play really well. They do. They do. They are just that little bit inconsistent for mm-hmm. mine. They are, they are a team who can win the comp. Yep. And... That's either the the beauty or the detriment of the alley, whatever your viewpoint is on that. Yep. But they they are a team who can throw a three game run together and win the whole thing. Correct. They could win the Premier's plate. Absolutely. Like they could still they could still win the Premier's mm. plate if they put a run together, a decent run together. Right. But you're right. Um, Melbourne Victory, I think, are probably you know the favourites. I think Wellington drop out of the top two by the end of the season. Just yeah. Just right. I mean, the Victory looked the best team. Mm. They're not. Exactly, blowing teams away. Mm. Like seven draws tells you all you need to know about that out of 13 games. But the important part is no defeats. I think that holds you in good stead for really going and making a big run at the Premier's play. I think they're going to be very difficult to beat. But if you finish above Melbourne Victory, you'll win the Premier's play. Let me put yeah. it like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the top six, though, or, or you know, subject to change, the top six will be the top six that it is now. I think Sydney's thinking the six. They hold six spot just. The only team outside the six who can break into it are City. I don't think they will. It's City, but they've got... I know that. I know. It's, but it's like not, their it's English counterparts. They've got a run in them. It's not Manchester City. It's <laughs> Melbourne City, right? I, I, it may I, look I the same. It may sound very similar. <laughs> same owners, you know, hey. Yep. But yes, 
Um, it like a duck. It's probably a duck. <laughs> <laughs> they've got a run in them, is the point. Yeah. And like they've just lost Saki this week, yes. who's uh, two weeks after signing a new, a new deal, has asked for a release for personal reasons, and mm. uh, we don't we're not interested in details on what that is if it's no, family right. related. So uh, hopefully that all works out for him. But he's returning to France. Mm. And it depends on who City get to replace him. I'm sure there'll be someone in the works. I haven't heard any rumours. I'm not sure if you have, no. Laz. But, um, look, they don't need someone on the level of Arsenal to come in. They just need a functional player, Correct. a good cog in the, in the team, and they will be a top six side. They are good enough. They're good enough to get into the six, there's no doubt. I just don't think they will. I think they'll just miss out. I think MacArthur stay in the six. That's that. Yeah, MacArthur are the team who are... Right. Uh, and yeah, uh, they're the most precarious for me in the top six. The yeah. balls, yeah, but I think they stay in. Moving on to the A League women's, Nathan. Go on, what do you got for me? The most interesting match was Canberra versus Melbourne victory. I don't know what you made of it all. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't been able to get in touch with the A League women's this weekend, okay. unfortunately. So please educate me. But smacks for you, mate. Smacks for you. <laughs> Gilnick's goal. I'll hold my hand up. Yeah, Gilnick's goal. <laughs> Brilliant. Left foot, top, pigeonhole, pigeonhole, right, just tucked into the back peg. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful goal from outside the box, right? Just lovely to see. Uh, but the fact that Canberra effectively, you know, snatch defeat from the jewels of victory is just incredible, so to speak, you know. Um, just a fascinating game. Fascinating game. Nice to see Chiz get on the score sheet. Absolutely. No, very much so. Nice cheeky goal there. So, yes, it was good to see. Very good to see. Um, does Melbourne Victory make the f- top four? And who bows out of the top four for Melbourne Victory oh. to take a place? Yeah, I mean... I think Perth stay in. Oh, I was going to say Perth, you know. I think the Wanderers might come out if anyone does come out. Although, yeah, it, Can it's Western either United one throw of those a run together? It's either one of those two. Can Western United throw a run together with the Victory? Do you see them both come out? That's a good shout. That is a very good shout because they could easily upset the apple cart there as well. Because they picked up Western United. Yes. They played well on the weekend, actually. Yeah. No, it was they were a good watch. So and Perth had a, a really hot start to the season. Mm. Starting to hit the skids a little bit yeah. over this uh, Christmas New Year period. But points on the board, they can turn it around. It's just a question of whether they can uh, keep the wolves at bay. Indeed. Indeed. But it's... Going to be a fascinating end to the season in the A League women's. So if you can get around and get around it, it's really good to see. Really good to see. The football is definitely interesting to say the least. It's um, the the differences between the sides aren't that vast. Just whoever executes better on the day. Like that Western United game against Wellington Phoenix was a really good watch. So beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. Where do you want to go? Uh, shall we head? I mean, how much do you want to talk about the Socceroos since we're still here on Aussie football? We can. Uh, we should mention that congratulations to Gray Martel and the Socceroos for finishing in first. Just about. Just about. <laughs> like um, I have done it. Yeah. I think it's the first time in ooh, since 2011, I think, that we've uh, finished first in, in the group. So, wow. Yep. That, that'll be, that's, that's, that is a good achievement then. Yeah, they did get away with it against Uzbekistan. I mean, yes, we're gonna cover it off in detail on our Asian Cup pod sometime on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But 
they did get away with it big time. We don't know what time on the weekend, but yes, at some point yeah. on the weekend. It'll, somewhere there. <laughs> it's sad, yeah. Could be a day record. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> or, or, or a late the evening record like we normally do. Mm. But yes. Yes. Let's wait and see. Uh, yeah, they uh, got uh, some rubber the green. They got a rubber the green to get that penalty and the the uh, the goal that look was evident to get to the one all draw. The goal look Australia did deserve a goal in the first half. All right, I will like we'll just summarise it quickly. Australia did yep. deserve did deserve a goal in the first half. So the penalty yes was fortunate, right? That's been kind as well. It is very 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 <laughs> kind to the um, officials. Yes. Now. Um, but we know that the handball rule is a basket basket case anyway. So you're probably going to tell me by the letter of the law that that was handball and that's it. I'm struggling to be honest. Yeah, but you, that's <laughs> See, I'm normally tell. the one who yeah. like, sides with the rule book. Yes, but I'm struggling for that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what: the referee didn't hesitate to give it once he saw it, which is you know, very long so time must to be a rule. Yeah. Um, okay. So that being said. What concerned me was pretty much everything else. <laughs> no, no, no. The second half was of concern. They figured out how to play Australian, but the disallowed goal was definitely disallowed. It was, they were offside. I mean, they were offside from all their set pieces. Mm. The fact that they scored an open play the way they did at the back post was just not. It's not with those defenders that we've got back there. No excuse. Yes, it is only one goal, right? But I don't know if you've noticed. The amount of headers, crosses and headers that have been scored in this tournament, in in the AFC in particular, has been inordinately high. There hasn't been like there have been some great, you know, great play goals with, you know, free flowing football and the moving the ball around and feet, but the accuracy in crosses and headers in both the AFC Asian Cup and AFCON is something to note. Yes. And Across the three games, Australia's set pieces have been poor. Yep. Attacking set pieces in particular. And the goal comes about through a, a very good cross and a good leap and a good head, but there, there wasn't enough done to stop the cross. Correct. And not enough to stop the head. No, the head the is was too weak. Yeah, absolutely. And Harry Suto's out of position too. Correct. He's too far forward. Yes. And not that he would have got there anyway, but still. Still. If it was someone coming into the near post, he wouldn't have been there to head it away. Um, I think the Socceroos have a lot of work to do. Finishing first in the group, pending the uh, outcome of the uh, uh, Korea game and the Japan game, mm-hmm. we're on the favourable side of the draw. Mm-hmm. So it's looking like a uh, potential round of 16 game against Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And then it's a, a quarterfinal against Saudi Arabia, maybe Korea, if it pans out that way. But definitely Saudi Arabia, which okay. is the real test for this tournament. And Basically, for mine, the pass or fail mark for this tournament comes down to that game. Pass is semi-final, fail is out at the quarter at the quarters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Shall we move on? Let's do it because we're going to talk about that a lot more in our Asian Cup board. And Correct. We've uh, certainly got more takeaways. Oh, I posted yeah. a whole bunch of them on Twitter. So uh... <laughs> yes, I know. And look, you know, we're posting every day. The we're halfway through the match day three games in the AFC Asian Cup. As we record tonight, and it'll probably, you know, we're uh, near the end of match day three in AFCON. But um, yeah, look, we'll go through all those permutations as far as the round of 16 is concerned and do a recap because there have been some big, 
names in those tournaments that have gone home at the group stage, which weren't expected to. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but yes, that is for uh, another episode, Laz. Shall we head over to Europe? Yes, let's. As we always do. Let's. Let's return to Europe just like Jordan Henderson. Correct. I mean, we could go to South America, but I don't have anything on South America this week. <laughs> Neither. I don't have anything yeah. on North America either. Yeah. Aside um, from Honduras having a nil or draw against Inter Miami and Suarez and making his debut with Inter Miami. Very good. But there you go. Very good. I have a, uh, a messy story. You have week. a messy story. Do you want to do the messy story? I do. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, the word is that Messi wants to return to Paris. What for? Already. He Why? wants to go back to Paris. On loan? In August. In August. In August? Yes. Okay. There's obviously a punchline here. What's the, what's the punchline? For the Olympics. He wants to try and win an Olympic gold medal. He has one already. He wants another. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Do you know which Olympic gold medal he has? No. In which Olympics? I couldn't tell you. Athens, 2004. Ah, very good. Hmm. Argentina won the gold medal there. Hmm. But he wants to add one in 2024. There you go. Interesting. He's got a 20-year itch. That's all right. Mm. He wants another Ballon d'Or. I wonder what Inter Miami have to say about that. (laughs) I mean... No, you're not going. And MLS. No, you're not going. I think MLS is on break at that point. I think it's League's Cup time for that. Ah, technicality. I think you're right. And Messi uh, tore up the League's Cup last year. Mm. Does he really need to tear it up again? Mm. Yeah, he's won it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Box ticked. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'd be interesting. Mm. And look, speaking on Messi as well, he did win the FIFA Best Award this week. Did he deserve it, Nathan? No, he did not. No, okay. Good. No, he did not. Glad we're on the same page there. In what world could he possibly deserve to win it? The World Cup was not in this cycle. He, he did not win it because Argentina won the World Cup. So yep. there's not really a whole lot there for him to win it. There's he no reason it. for mine. He, he just won it because he's Messi. Yep. Okay, cool. That's all right. As long as we all know, that's fine. Yep, it's true. It's true. Mm. And really, be it me to argue this point, Mm. but what more does Erling Haaland have to do to win a Ballon d'Or or a FIFA Best Award? Okay. He's the reason he didn't win it because he was born and represents a country that can't win a World Cup. That's his crime. All right. Why do you think he deserves to win it? Because he scored a boatload of goals and City won everything. (laughs) To put it simply. That's fair enough. <laughs> I, I, I want to disagree with you, right? Because <laughs> he is an advanced version of Jamie McLaren, right? <laughs> but <laughs> did you like that? I thought you might like that. <laughs> Tell you what, that's going to be the podcast name, and um, people on Twitter are going to love that. No, no disrespect to Jamie McLaren at all, right? <laughs> that's not a disrespect. <laughs> but he's a, he's a much more advanced version of Jamie McLaren. <laughs> All right. Um, he is not, look, okay, no doubt statistically fantastic, you know, fantastic season, right? One or, you know, three of the four competitions they played in during the season, forget the World, the World Club Championship and all that kind of stuff, right? And the Super Cup, right? And the League Cup. Well, they didn't win the League Cup. Yeah, so you can forget about that. <laughs> right. Okay, sorry, now, now I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking about during the season, not not yeah. one-off games. Uh, but yes, um, it's. I look at him and, and, and look. I'd love him in in Newcastle, no problem. Or Real Madrid. Gosh, I'm, I'm going to sure. Yeah, sure. But I think as a overall 
player technique, reading of the game. Um, there are like Kane, for instance, is I think a complete footballer, a more of a complete footballer than Harland. Harland is young and he can still develop that element into his game, right? Harry Kane is similar to Alan Shearer, how Alan Shearer was, right? Kane can take free kicks. Shearer took free kicks. Um, I'm not saying that's not a reason not to give him the FIFA Best Award, right? But like, what percentage of his goals were tapped It doesn't matter. It does matter. This is the same criticism that's leveled at Jamie McLaren all the that's time. That's what I'm saying. It's a much more advanced version of Jamie McLaren, right? So you are using it in a derogatory manner. I don't mean it to be, and I don't, I'm not meaning it to sound derogatory in any way. What? Because it's an amazing. You're all saying fit. tapping goal should be worth half a goal. No, I'm not. What I'm saying to you, look, the, you know, and and I know it sounds like I'm disregarding the play that goes into it beforehand. Yeah. Right? I don't – I'm not disregarding that in any way. But I actually look at more so the – and I'm not the right person to make the call on this. I'll be honest with you. I look at more so the overall capabilities of the player and say, okay, what does that player actually offer a team? And that's the player that should actually get it because of the output that they put toward toward their team. Right? Um Yes, goals, obviously, we measure goals. Goals are significant. It's why they play, you know, it's why the game is played. But there's a way to score goals, right? Some would argue that, okay, tiki-taka or I don't know if you want to call Manchester City tiki-taka football. But they're not. They're not. But Guardiola football, right? Let's call it that for want of a better term, right? Versus, you know, strikers that hit it from outside the box all the time or in the box or actually put, you know, finish with panache. That's the thing that I'm looking for, right? Strikers, you know, not every goal can have panache, but when you can, put it in there. So right. he's boring, so he shouldn't win Correct. the individual awards. Correct. His team are boring, so he should suffer for that. Correct. The whole of Manchester <laughs> City should suffer. <laughs> That's something I can get behind. See, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Look, if I was voting on the FIFA Best Award, I'd give three points to Rodri. Right. For now mine, you're talking. Now you're talking. In the last, yeah, sorry, no, now, he's more of a contributor. He is. And okay. in the last 12 months, he has been the best player on the best team in the world. There's no denying that whatsoever. And the, the reason I brought up Harlan at the start of this little chat is because these individual awards are always weighted towards attackers. Always. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Every single time. How long? Yashin, the only goalkeeper to win the Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. Correct. Ages ago. Ages and ages ago. Yep. How long has it been since the defender won the Ballon d'Or? Maldini ever win it? Yeah, Maldini was the last one, wasn't he? Oh, I would think so. Jeez, and I reckon Baresi probably went close as well. You know, speaking off mm. the top of my head. But that's in the in the, in the Italian the Serie A days, the the peak yeah, years, yeah, correct, where, and and everything that goes with that. Yep. Uh, it's a miracle that Modric won one as a midfielder. Yes, because that was after the World Cup, but also he was at Real Madrid mm. then. When's yeah. the last time? Um, okay, so Messi won the Ballon d'Or last year. Yeah. When is the yep. last time a player other than Messi has won the Ballon d'Or? Because Lewandowski should have got it, and he never did. Yeah, and that for minus killed the Ballon d'Or. Yep. Because yeah, I mean, it's a popularity contest at the best of times, but like Ronaldo has been saying this week that the Ballon d'Or has lost its prestige, and he's saying it because he thinks Messi shouldn't have won it. And he scored fifty odd goals, therefore he should get it. But his answer's correct, but he's working out's wrong. Yep. Okay. The Ballon d'Or has lost its prestige a because it's split off from the FIFA Best Award. Mm-hmm. And B, because they called the whole thing off when Ligun didn't run through COVID. Mm-hmm. And Robert Lewandowski, similarly to Erling Haaland last year, in the past 12 months, 
scored a boatload of goals in a treble winning team for Bayern Munich and he uh-huh. should have won it. Yep. Mm. But to answer your question, it's been a very long time. And I don't think Messi wins another Ballon d'Or next year, surely. You, you wouldn't know with this mob. He can't win one just playing it into Miami, surely. Copa America's coming up. Oh, it is too. If he wins a Copa America and the Olympic gold, then he might get it. Yep. <laughs> there you go. I wouldn't put it past the uh, the pundits. I wouldn't either. Mm. But um, look, I'm glad that we got to speak about that a little bit. I wasn't planning on, but yes, it's always good to have a controversial opinion. I'm not just saying it just for the sake of being controversial, though. <laughs> no. Rodri is the heart and soul of that team, and he, Haaland is the beneficiary, and the club itself are the beneficiary of players like Rodri. Yeah, City fall apart without Rodri. So, yes, there you go. All right, so where do you want to go? Good question. Good question. Shall we talk a little bit about the UK stuff? Sure. What not about too the many UK? stories at the moment. Uh, should mention the return of Ivan Tony. Yes. I mean, it's good to see him back, but I think the uh, the build-up and the uh, the big show at the GTEC Stadium was a little bit overkill for mine. Sure. The guy's oh. not been incarcerated or he's not been hard done by, he's been done for a gambling ban and that he's guilty of. It's but a little bit, doesn't sit, doesn't really sit right with me. Us against them need to show love to Tony, make sure, he, you know, if he leaves in the summer that they get the right amount of money for him. That's what it smacks like to me. Yeah. And Brentford need him back. They needed him in the game. Scored a great free kick. We should talk about him uh, moving the ball on the foam. <laughs> Did you should see we? This? I, I don't see what the big. <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is. It's funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Because the the Brentford players go and distract the referee. Ivan Tony picks the ball up and moves it a yard to the right <laughs> mm. <laughs> to help him out with a better angle for the free kick. Mm. And the fact, and the fact that he picks the foam up too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, but look, they're always moving the ball in free kicks. They're always, move, you know, taking meters in throw-ins. I've never seen anyone move the phone before. I have, you know, I can't recall have where. You? Yeah, because um, a player. I've seen uh, players like kick it out and get. Yeah, rid of- like you know, move it. Like I've seen players move it, not necessarily. You know, yeah, I've seen players mm. just get rid of it. So yes, um, but I don't have a big deal with it as long as the no. ball is is you know. As long as the ball is where it needs to be or close enough to, that's fine. Like, it's different if you're going a metre forward. But to the side, eh, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. It's different if you move it forward or also backward. I agree. Backward, yeah, I don't going backwards as well. Backward, I don't have a problem with. Oh, surely. No, I don't have a problem with backward. Because if you've got a free kick that's basically on the 18-yard line, yeah, you should get it's the easier to score if you take it a yard back. Correct. So you should get the advantage of having that. I think you should have the option. Okay, this is where the mark is. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang, hang on. on hang so on. this is where the mark is. Hear me out. This is where the mark is, right? This is where the foul occurred, mm. right? Players should have the right to elect to go, okay, I'm going to take a metre back. That's fine. But what's the difference between taking a metre back versus a metre forward? What what the difference is, right, is obviously the, the leverage as far as you get more of an advantage from taking it slightly further back rather than right on the 18-yard line. Yeah. Okay? That's what I mean. Now, where I have a problem with going forward is that I don't want to – I shouldn't be taking up, like, getting closer to goal from where the foul occurred. I don't mind moving to the side of it, right? I know it's a technical thing. It's a very finicky thing, but – It is a finicky thing. You're right there. (laughs) Yeah, but I think going back, I think the player should have the option to go, hey, listen, can I – you know, he he should be able to ask, 
I want to take a meter back. And the trade-off is they can bring the obviously the meter. It's not eleven meters or yards for the wall. Like the yard, you know, the wall can come up as well with that, right? But if it gives the attacking team a better angle, a better opportunity to score, I'm all for it. Nah, I can't agree with you. Right? I don't expect and you to. You wouldn't. My <laughs> my sort of reasoning in my mind, uh, I'll try and explain it succinctly, but if you've got a free kick, right, mm. 25 yards out from goal, pretty far mm. out. Yep. Well, have, have, you seen the, some of the, have you seen some of the free kicks in AFCON? Yeah, we already mentioned the free <laughs> kick for Cabo Verde against um, Mozambique. We already mentioned that at the top of the show. <laughs> but if you're taking one from 25 yards out, right? Yep. You move it one yard forward, mm. you might have a 5% or not, it won't be that much, a 1% better odds of scoring, mm. right? Mm. That's a clear advantage. You're 1% more likely to score. That's a clear advantage by moving the ball forward. You disagree with that. Not a problem, right? Mm. But if you're having a free kick 18.1 yards out because if it's on the line, it's a penalty, mm. you take it a yard back, you get the same 1% advantage to score the free kick. How is it different? Run that by me again. Essentially, you get a bonus for moving the ball forward if you far out. Yep. You're more likely to score it if you move the ball forward. Sure. You get the same bonus if you move the ball further back if you're too close. So how is one different to the other? If you're allowing one, you should allow the other. And if you don't allow one, you don't shouldn't allow the other. No, what I'm saying is that the player should have the right to actually say where the foul is. If the if he elects to say I'm moving the ball back a yard, right? You don't it's at their discretion, right? But they can they should it. be able to elect it. He's doing it because it's a better Chance for him to score it. Correct. So he should have that advantage. So why not just move the ball forward a yard? It's the same advantage. Not necessarily, because if it I, is mm, no, because they might not be able to get the up and over or the up and down enough. You know what I mean? No, but might if you're be... further out, you move the ball forward. Then uh, yeah, and if you're too close, then you need to take no, it back. No, nope. Take the, the free kicks from where the foul is. Yeah, sure. I agree. I agree with you, but I don't have what I'm saying to you is I don't have a problem if. Player elects to actually move it a yard back. No problem no, with it. No. No problem. Or to the side, for that matter. As long as it doesn't breach the spot, go beyond the spot where the foul occurred. In in line, like, if you drew a... If we played... If we had VAR, right, and you drew a line across the field, right, as long as you don't go past that line, I would have no problem. Run me by that last bit. How far okay. do you... How, what, what's your threshold for how far you can move the ball? Only backwards. Yeah, but how far backwards? One yard. Or to the side, so yeah. If it if it meant if I could put it one yard to the right or one yard to the left to give me a better advantage, right, or to increase my my potential to score, I would well, I should elect to have that. Mm, pass, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. That's why. Anyway, <laughs> uh, should mention quickly, uh, Troy Deeney. Do we really have to briefly? Okay, I mean, what for the bottom of League Two? Yeah, it's just uh, Forest yeah, Green it Rovers. Gets Thirty seconds, I reckon. Forest Green Rovers, which live in an imaginary world. Mm. Okay, let's yeah. go. Thirty seconds. Known as the Cotswolds. Yeah, I'm, I'm counting. Thirty seconds. <laughs> let's go. So he gets a six-game spell in charge of uh, Forest Green, who uh, look like they're going down, mm-hmm. and they sack him after a uh, pretty dreadful run. And then Ivan, not, I was going to say Ivan Tony, Troy Deeney comes out and says that uh, he reckons he's been used for his contacts to uh, benefit the club. Off the back of that. For six games. Yeah. Did you hear what he said about the players that he had available? Go on. Oh, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm I'm not going to quote him, but it was pretty uh, scathing. <laughs> it was pretty scathing. After match, straight after match on broadcast, absolutely gave it to his team. Yeah. You know, it was um, brutal. 
It was absolutely brutal. And that's why I got the sack, obviously. Mm, yes. And I know he's been interviewed since, but it's funny how he can't actually go into that now. Can't, no, definitely can't not. discuss that mm. aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, 30 seconds is up. Laz, uh, <laughs> another manager who uh, may be coming to the end of their tenure is uh, one of Roy Hodgson. Did you see the signs at the Emirates? I did. Very German, that. Mm. Very German. Yes. What did you make of it? They're right. They're absolutely correct. Is it the club's fault? Is it Hodgson's fault? Both is the okay. answer. The guy well, was brought in to do it just a caretaker job, though. Oh, he was, right? And the mistake is giving him the new deal for this season. Correct. He should have been doing the, the Sam Allardyce, the, would have the been Neil good. Warnock style. Yeah, it would have been good to see Hodgson with the like you know the headset sitting up in the stands like <laughs> Sam used to. Yeah, but giving him the new deal for this season is easily can be put down as a mistake. As a mistake. And that's on the club. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame Roy Hodgson for taking the deal. Of course I'm not. But he's not helped himself with what he's been saying in some of the press conferences, calling out the young players, calling out the supporters. It seems as though he's really struggled to get a hold of this group of players for anything more than a couple of weeks at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, Palace don't play for another week. Mm-hmm. Now's probably the uh, the best time to make a move. And really, the two candidates they would want are both out of a job at the moment in Steve Cooper and Graham Potter. I think Potter would be great. I think that's a club that would suit him well. But I don't think Crystal Palace have the ambition, the ownership has the ambition to entice someone of that calibre. I'm surprised Palace fans want him so bad, Graham Potter, given he's obviously known for his Brighton gig. Mm. Look, I don't think there's that kind of rivalry as far as, hey, yeah. you know, he coached at Brighton, we can't have him here. It's That's almost like, as if it's not a real derby. It, well, <laughs> it, it's a derby name, but it's not really a derby. It's not a derby. I mean, you know, there's 120 Ks between the two. Yes. So it's not and really look, a derby. Well, you have a derby named after a road in this country. Yes. But it's a bit different. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a club between Crystal Palace and Brighton Hope and Albion. Probably. So um, anyhow, that aside, there was one sacking that um, took place after we recorded. Last week, yeah, it wasn't long either. It was about half an hour after we pressed the stop button. We caught. Yeah. I said, uh, "We." I kind of foreshadowed it, but I had you said you you said you don't see him get exact. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Did I? Yeah, you I said thought, I don't oh, see no, him get no, exact no, no, anytime no, soon. No, no, I said, oh, did, "Did I say that?" Yeah, That's you silly. did. That's silly. <laughs> I'll take that then. I thought I did say that. I thought I had said. I seem to recall saying that. Um, if the results don't change in a hurry, he won't be there for much longer in the last episode. You may have said that, but you also, yeah, you did definitely I did say, say I that. don't see him ah, exactly okay. anytime soon. Right. Okay. Well, then <laughs> if that's the case, I'll eat humble pie. Can't believe that the, that, um, the reaction that the Roma supporters have had to him. They loved him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the supporters loved him. The We saw some comments from Allegri after mm-hmm. as well, saying mm-hmm. uh, coming into real support of Jose. Uh, and the question is, where does Roma go from here? It looks like they're getting Daniele De Rossi. They got him, yeah. They got him. Bit of a gamble. Yes. Bit of a gamble for uh, for his credentials and moving the club forward. I know he's a, he's a legend of Roma, yeah. but... Yeah, they did win on the weekend. They did. They so, did. New manager bounce. But, I also um, like to ask where Jose goes from here. Yeah, he was quite emotional when he left. Yeah. As well, unfortunately. So where does Jose go? Well... There's talk about him going to Napoli, but I don't know if he'll ever go to Napoli because apparently he did say that they can't afford him. However, 
They definitely can afford him. They just don't. They just wouldn't pay it. Yes. Um, I don't know where Jose goes. Does he have a potential job in England to go to? It's Maybe. only Newcastle. I can see him turning up. At. No, don't say that. I, I know Newcastle that. is the only job in England I can see him taking. I don't know, look, that's even a, that's know, even a realistic he, possibility. He's you know he likes being a Londoner, so Crystal Palace could suit him well. They won't get him though. <laughs> Alice do not have the ambition to get there. They, they don't have the ambition. <laughs> they don't have the ambition, that's for sure. But yes. I saw I saw some suggestion that uh, Barca should get him. <laughs> well, speaking of Barca, I saw some comments about um from Real, from Real Madrid TV with regards to commentary or comments made by Xavi. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um now I don't know if you've seen this or you've heard these comments. But I'll just put what um, Real Madrid TV actually put out. And, yeah, it wasn't great, I have to say. Um, definitely fanning the flames. So it's Real Madrid. So Xavi made some statements. Real Madrid TV respond. It's curious that Xavi finds strange things that happen in the league and see, it seems normal to him that practically during his entire career for 20 years, his club had been paying the vice president of the referees around $8 million. <laughs> During his entire career for 20 years, this is a total that we've counted of 600 games in the career of Mr. Xavi Hernandez as a player of Barcelona with their corresponding titles. We do not say it. The judge says it. The prosecutor. The civil guard. Those 600 matches are under suspicion. It's the reality. <laughs> Your club is under indictment. The whole period in which Xavi was being, as Xavi was a player of FC Barcelona, is being investigated. So there you have it, Nathan. <laughs> Uh, look, they do not like each other, do they? Not one not at bit. All. Not, not at all. in the slightest. I, I think that was awesome, actually. But yes, they don't like each other. Oh, you would say that's awesome, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm somewhat biased. I'm not, you know. I'm, I'm... I, I sent you a uh, a video earlier today. Uh, Maria, yes, you should say that. Re re referring to the uh, Real Madrid Maria game. Yes, and the uh, repeated refereeing decisions that just seemed to go in Real Madrid's favour. Sometimes when you're the, you know, the best team, you get the rub of the green. Anyhow. <laughs> there's getting the rub of the green and then there's that. That's right. <laughs> but superimposing Real Madrid and Maria over WWE footage is uh, fantastic. <laughs> you're right there, Nathan. There's something about WWE memes in the world of football, which kind of just makes sense. So Gold. It is gold. Yeah, don't want to go down a whole, you know, wrestling <laughs> podcast type of scenario. But hey, anyhow, because who knows without a leader super. There you go. Uh, Laz, what other stories have you got this week? What other stories are there, Nathan? Okay. Well, we spoke about the FIFA well, the FIFA 11, yeah? Or the FIFA World's Best. Well, we talked about the individual award, yes. The individual award. Ike Casillas made a interesting observation mm -hmm. in light of this. I haven't seen. Okay. So the formation was 3-3-4, effectively, right? And we'll just go through the squad. So Courtois was in goals like it was given goalkeeper of the year. Kyle Walker, John Stones, Ruben Diaz, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Jude Bellingham, Lionel Messi, Erling Haaland, Kylian Mbappe, Vinicius Jr. Okay. Now, this is Casillas' quote. One three three four is not a lottery number. It is not the telephone code of a country. It is not the key to my iPhone. It's the new football game system. For the next ideal 11, it is better to put a 1 to 10. 
Yeah. I mean, these team of the years are never meant to be functional teams, are they? They should be, though. Yeah. Effectively, they are just picking the best couple of defenders, the best couple of midfielders, and the best couple of forwards. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, hey, just go one yeah. through to ten. Don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah. about putting a formation together or, you know. It's the point in the uh, the women's 11 as well. Mm. Yep. This women's best 11 that was uh, voted on by the players. This is the, the FIFA Pro team. Mm-hmm. Mary Earps in goal, no complaints. Mm-hmm. You have a defense of uh, Olga Carmona, Lucy Bronze, and Alex Greenwood. Yep. In midfield, you've got Kira Walsh, Alessia Russo. I don't know why she's a midfielder. Lauren James, Ella Toon, and Aitana Bonmati. Alex Morgan and Sam Kerr up front. Okay. That is three Barcelona players mm-hmm. and two Spanish players. There's something wrong with that. Yeah, there is. There is. Barcelona are easily the best club team in women's football. Well, they can't pick the, the whole 11. That's what they the trouble is. They can pick is. more than three. They can pick more than three. There's no doubt about that. This is true. And there is too much of a WSL bias in that team. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Can we stay in Europe for a minute? Let's do it. Okay. Joseph Gombau. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good old Yossip. Yes. He's turned up at the villains. Yes, he has. He's head coach of the <laughs> under-21 side. That he is. And shout out to Trent Sweeney, who is a Aston Villa supporter as well. <laughs> That's your second shout out there, Trent. <laughs> so, yes, there you go. But uh, just surely that a, now, a quota filled up shortly. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I just thought of that now, actually. And he is a Villa supporter, so this, there you go. So, um, yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. It's nuts. The world's going mad for uh, A-League circa 2014 with uh, Yossi Gombau and Ange and John Van Chip mm. all turning up at uh, big clubs in Europe. It's peculiar, but I'm very much looking forward to the time when uh, Villa play Spurs again. Yep. Because there's obviously going to be a, uh, if he's on the bench, I'm sure there'll be uh, an exchange of words between Ange and Yossi. They used Indeed. to both be in the Australia setup, of course. Yep. And that's going to be just surreal. There's going to be posts everywhere, uh, an image yeah. of them in the A-League. And It'd be nice. them in the soccer yeah. job, and then a, a subsequent picture of Andrew Spurs' manager and uh, Joseph Gombau's and Villa, under-21's manager. Do you see him on the bench, though? <laughs> do you see Gombau on the bench of the first side? I don't see that yet. It, he it might, might be there as part of a, a youth yeah. Yeah. development pathway sort of thing. He Fair might enough. be in and around the dugout. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, the UK has had some inclement weather recently. When does it not? Yeah, but in particular of late. Mm. During a football match in 1937, Charlton Athletic, between Charlton Athletic and Chelsea, right, the Charlton goalkeeper, having seen no action for some time, was approached by a policeman and told that due to thick fog, the game had been called off 15 minutes earlier. He hadn't heard the whistle. <laughs> Couldn't happen now. Yeah, I love these little... Uh, I love these little bits that come out. It's just uh, crazy. So, yes, um, there's other things that have uh, caught my eye this week as well, Nathan, aside from Joseph Gombau and what happened in 1937. David Beckham was in France recently, and Claire Hunt caught up with uh, David Beckham there. But also, Suriname, not featuring at, the, at AFCON this year. At 60 years old, the vice president of Suriname, Ronnie Brunswick, or Brunswick, if I can say it that way, they speak Dutch in Suriname, yeah? Yes, they do. Yes, okay. Uh, you say uh, not participating in AFCON this year. I don't ever recall Suriname participating in AFCON. Okay. I think you got your geography a bit mixed up there. Do I? Miss Sur- Suriname? Suriname's in uh, South America. Suriname? Is South America? I thought it was in Africa. No, it's up It's up the very north of South America. Oh, scrap that. <laughs> Is it really? And yes, 
There you go. Yes. Thank you. I think they're part know. of CONCACAF even. Well, that explains it then. Okay. Our friends at CONCACAF. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, well, Suriname was part of Africa. Excuse my ignorance. Um, <laughs> Every I, I day just, is a school day. The, hey, absolutely. Every day is a learning day, right? Uh, thank you for the clarification there, Nathan. I swore I thought it was part of Africa, but uh, I, yeah, there you go. Learn something new every day. Is that so, you reaching up to your cable to Google Suriname just to uh, double check because you can't believe it? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, no. Hey, listen, I'm happy to take your word, word for it. Don't worry about that. I'm, I'm actually reaching my keyboard so I can uh, label the last call we had, actually, because <laughs> it just <laughs> the inner workings of our um, of our Zoom calls. Yes, um, uh, pulling back the uh, the back the uh, curtain there. Yes, pulling back the back peg. Um, yes. So you know, so anyway, sixty years old, vice president of Suriname, who which is in the Upper part of South America, I'm guessing. Is that right? Mm, yes. <laughs> there yes. you go. <laughs> so are they part of CONCACAF or CONMEBOL? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're in CONCACAF. Yeah. Yep. There's no way CONMEBOL would have them. There's only <laughs> 10 nations in CONMEBOL anyway. Um, yes. Yes. So Ronnie Brunswick decided to start himself in the last 16 of the CONCACAF. Yeah, sorry, I should have read this. Sorry. Uh, actually, because <laughs> what happened was this. I saw this and I thought, this, ca- this, but I missed the CONCACAF league part. So he started himself... In the last 16 of the CONCACAF League, right, with a team called Inter Mowingatopi. I don't know where he uh, – oh, this is the club he owns. So he owns this club and mm-hmm. he decided to actually put himself on the on the pitch. Great. In the last 16 <laughs> game. Uh, the politician is a former military commander and bank robber. <laughs> That's a combo. <laughs> so the Two things he's uh, most known for. And is a big unit. <laughs> I would imagine so. He's a big unit. <laughs> uh, military commander stroke bank robber. Yeah. 60-year-old vice president of the country. <laughs> Sounds like you don't want to mess with him. Mm, no. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> wore the number 61, and he even gave himself the armband. Of course he did. <laughs> I'd be shocked if he didn't give himself the armband. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Um, needless to say, I think I'll look – well, look, the fact that he wants to run around at 60 – or 61, half is like, especially in the Champions League game mm. or CONCACAF yep. League game. But there you go. Nonetheless, that was a lighter moment. So these are the kind of lighter moments that we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, dear. and uh, I think there's somewhat of a link there to, uh, we can mention Miura in this little conversation. Who? The, uh, the, uh, Miura, former Sydney player who's still kicking in Portugal, a Japanese uh, yes, player, yes, yes, 50, 50 yes. high 50s. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Still doing the business. He is still. Yep. He'll, he'll never get but, up. No, but he's been uh, beaten there by uh, the president of that club in Suriname. No, the only difference is, though, that um, that he's been playing all through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not just going, hey, club's made it to the final 16, I'm getting on the pitch. <laughs> right. Um, were you aware that the Wolves players wear daylight glasses? Sorry? So TNT Sports put a post out recently, a couple of days ago. Wolves players have been wearing daylight glasses to prevent tiredness and help with their performance when playing at night. Mm, did you know? Did, did you know there was such a thing as daylight glasses? No, I didn't. So the Socceroos actually wore them famously on their trip back um, from Uruguay to Australia during the 2005 World Cup qualifiers between you know the um, between the flights. So it's actually helped them change or adapt to um, the time zones. Ah, oh, cool. As a as a jet lag fighter. Yep. So mm. the so the wolves uh, club 
or Wolverhampton Wanderers, we should say. Their players actually, uh, you know, they're in their kitchen or the um, dining room, their dining facilities, and you see they're walking around with these daylight glasses. Okay. I mean, mm. if it gives them an edge, then, yeah, go for it, I suppose. Ha- has it been giving them an edge? I don't think so. But there yeah. you go. <laughs> well, you don't know that... The- Though, Laz, that's the thing. If uh, they hadn't been wearing the daylight glasses, they might be even worse. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Not that they're really in any trouble getting relegated, I think. No, that's right. I agree. They've got enough about them. That's true. What have you made of all these Adidas Predators coming back? Adidas like rehashing the uh, the old style, don't they? they mm-hmm. been bringing back a lot of the mid-2000s kits, that style. Mm-hmm. That's coming back into uh, fashion or retro fashion. No, I don't mind it. You don't mind it? I don't have that real nostalgia for the, the uh, mid-2000s sort of Adidas. You know, the the sort of design. Nike was doing something relatively mm-hmm. similar. Sure. Do you have nostalgia for that or not mm, really? Not really. Fair enough. Not really. So I'm not going to see you rocking a new retro Adidas or Nike kit? No, unlikely. Mm. It's It it, dep- it would depend on the kit, like all the, like all the team, to be honest. Yep. Uh, we mentioned Sven Joran Eriksson last week. We did. We did. We did. Very Jür- sad. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp had something to say. Yeah, this is a great story. This is a great story. Uh, he's invited um, Sven Joran Eriksson to come to go to Liverpool, to the training ground, and um, he can be in Klopp's office, lead a session, um, and um, they're, you know, with open arms because uh, Sven Joran Eriksson always wanted to manage Liverpool at some point. But never got the chance to do so. So, um, yeah, it's great to see Klopp open up his doors and his arms and say, listen, more than welcome, come in for a day, take over my seat, take over the sessions, do whatever you like. Well, Klopp probably thinks he needs a break. Uh, I don't think so. No. I think, Klopp, <laughs> <laughs> I think Klopp will just, you know, be hanging around just in the background, you know, just waving at everyone going, you know. But, um, yeah. no, no it is a great story. That is a good story. Very much so. Well done, mm. Klopp. I agree. If uh, that actually does eventuate and eventually take it up, um, we know the story. And uh, yeah, that's a very uh, sad news piece of news that came out mm. last week, week before. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Laz, so. what other news stories have you got? Or are you kind of running a little bit dry? No, no, I'm good. I'm done. Cool. Not are you done? Not. Great. Yeah, I'm done. I'm I'm content with that. If you've got something, cool. let's talk about it. If not, let's uh, call the back peg over. I think. We uh, can't get through a podcast without mentioning uh, my Premier League team, Manchester United. God almighty. I was hoping to get through this one without mentioning it, but anyway, go on. (laughs) Just briefly. Okay. Because it's very rare that United get one up on City Mm -hmm. in recent times. But uh, they've uh, pulled off a bit of a coup, appointing uh, a new CEO who came from the City Football Group, Omar Barada. That's the new one that has come out this week. Yep. Uh, Omar Barada was the uh, Chief Football Officer of the City Football Group. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got himself a promotion to uh, chief executive of Manchester United. Are you happy with this appointment? I am. I am. Obviously, jury's out on how much he can really do. He's one person. He needs a team around him. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's the the line and the angle from the press is that this is a statement of intent from Ineos, and it's it's hard to disagree with that for mine. There was a quite a lengthy statement in actually announcing his appointment, from what I understand. Yes, and one line in particular is... Yes. Uh, do you, do you want to eye. mention that line? Yeah. Um, it has... Because I, I don't have the statement in front of me. but no, sure. uh, uh, I'm so catching it, you. It'll yes, be, that's right. I'm catching you off guard, but yeah. Mm, no, words of the effect of the uh, 
announcement of uh, the new CEO is uh, looking to put football back to the center of everything that Manchester United does. Back right. being the uh, operative word there. Right. Implying it's... that it wasn't at the center in the past, which, yeah, probably so, not. Sounds like a happy marriage. Yeah, didn't take long for it's, uh, some it's, uh, passive aggressive jobs to come out. Yeah, between the Glazers <laughs> and Ineos. Yeah. Watch this space. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the chaos is over yet, Nathan. No, no. Seemingly, but, unfortunately. Look, they're making a, you know, I think that's a decent appointment, obviously, right? And the fact that they've um, poached one from the noisy neighbours. Who are the noisy neighbours now? Is Manchester City determined to be the noisy neighbour or is Manchester United deemed to be the noisy neighbour of the two? City are always the noisy neighbours. Yeah, yeah. I thought <laughs> you were going to say that. But anyway. As I say through gritted teeth. Yes. Um, Al Nasser. What about Al Nasser? They're in China at the moment. Are they? Mm. Uh, angry fans had stormed the Al Nasser team hotel after news oh, I of did see this. their friendly mm. being cancelled due to R- R- Ronaldo's injury. Uh, he did apologise though Cristiano Ronaldo did apologise to the fans saying as you know in football some things you cannot control I've played 22 years in football and I'm a player that doesn't have too many injuries so I'm really sad because Al Nasser and myself have come to China to enjoy the tour I love this country I love being here I love being with you I want to play for you but he's unable to yeah straight from the PR team that one yeah there you go there you go I think we're done I think we're done Les do you have any highlights coming up this weekend Um, really the FA Cup, fourth round. Yep. Right. So I'll be keeping an eye on uh, Newcastle United's visit to Fulham, mm-hmm. which will be and interesting. Spurs Man City. And Spurs Man City, which is probably the best game of the fourth round. I think well, it's truly. fair to say. Yep. I, I think it's fair to say. Um, but um, more FCON and more AFC. Yeah. I think Socceroos will be in action again on Sunday night, if I've yes, got that right. I believe so. I believe so. Uh, also looking forward to the Big Blue. On Australia Day? There's something that I did want to mention to you, but I think we'll go down this road hole maybe next week, perhaps, okay. in, in the main line. All right. All right. Um, save it for next week, then. Uh, I just want to mention it because, you know, it just goes to show that I'll, you know, kind of, kind of like stirring the pot. Um, <laughs> that doesn't favorite, sound like you. Your favourite topic of multi-club ownership. Oh, here we go. Making Football a colonialism, a, yes. Yes, is making a bit of, um, uh, you know, capturing a couple of headlines here and there. Did you see... LAFC's acquisition of a club recently. And if not, we'll talk about it next week. I remember seeing the headline, but I don't remember what club it was. Okay, well, we'll talk about it next week then, Nathan. We shall. We and, shall. More, and more multi-club ownership as well. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. <laughs> this week was the uh, 10-year anniversary of uh, the City Football Group taking over Melbourne Heart. Oh, yeah, jeez, jeez. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, but, the A-Leagues uh, put out a little uh, commemorative kind of post on their social saying uh, they've had some good times since and uh, as you can imagine the uh, people in the replies are uh, yeah not too well uh, favorable on city football group mm, look anyway it's probably the best thing that ever happened to melbourne heart to be honest but anyway and, I, I, it was a poor name to begin with melbourne heart i mean seriously yeah but anyway the fact that they you know maybe they should have stuck with the colors i understand you know but melbourne city is a better name than melbourne heart that's for sure absolutely and I think outside of the Abu Dhabi stuff, which you can't really avoid completely, but if you look at it in pure football terms, then I think they've been a very good thing for Australian football. You look at the, the youth development, the administrative development, the coaching development. A lot of people have benefited from City Football Group being involved in the A-League, which is a good thing in my book. Agree, agree. And I think that's a good place to end it, Les. Well, us agreeing again, 
God damn. Yeah, it, unfortunately. Mate. I mean, we already disagreed <laughs> enough on this pod. Buddy, uh, don't move your free kicks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, on that note, Nathan, <laughs> have yourself a, a good night, and we'll talk again in the uh, next upcoming episode of the Back Peg, which will be Match Day Three recaps of the AFC and Afcon. And up until then, thank you for listening. Thanks for everything you do, Nathan. Take care, all. Cheers, Les. Thanks, everyone.